so when you pay more for something you value it more just like a gym membership you're not as likely to go to the gym as much if you just pay 10 bucks every time you go you put in 200 bucks a month you're more likely to use it for the value that you put down so that was another thing i had to negotiate with myself staying true to myself knowing i'm helping people with my full price tag and not coming off as a discount because that's not what we are we're providing value for people and i am going to help people's money grow over time and i'm not going to come off as oh i'm going to triple your money in four months that's not what it's about that's a scam if people say they're going to triple your money or give you a hard number that's a scam and that's not what i'm about i'm going to help people change their behavior for the rest of their lives My name is Kat Del Carmen. I'm a wife, mama, and business coach to badass women. Here's the thing. So many of us were raised to believe that a college degree and a nine to five job is the only road to success. I'm here to tell you it's not. On this show, we're going to keep it real. I'm going to challenge you to think differently, take action before you're ready, and show up as your future self. We'll talk about business, growth, mindset, and the tough stuff in life. My guests will inspire you and give you insight to what is possible. So if you want to start an online business, I'm here to teach you. Welcome to the Follow That Fear podcast. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Follow That Fear podcast. I'm so grateful you are here today. I'm so, so, so excited for today's episode. But before I get into that, I just want to say hi, see how you guys are doing. I'm doing well. We are, business is going well. Um, it's April was an insane month. May was a little slower. Um, so it was kind of nice to just like be calm a little bit. Um, I also made a big investment in my business, which is still blowing my mind. I invested in a mastermind. I think I mentioned this on last week's episode, but I invested in a mastermind that was so much money. <laughs> ridiculous amount of money. But I'm so excited because I just found out that this mastermind is going to um, kick off with a three-day live event. And it's in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. And I'm just so pumped. It's been a long time since I've been there. And it's at this super luxurious resort. And I mean, you know, I'm pumped. (laughs) I'm a mom to a toddler. So I'm really, really, really excited. I'm just going to go by myself and I'm just pumped. So that's what I'm looking forward to right now. We're potty training PJ. That is going okay. We'll see how it works out. We just started today actually. Um, but that's kind of what's happening in my life. Yeah. I also, wait, wait, I should actually say one more thing. I started working kind of regularly. Here's a big goal of mine going forward, especially as I try to like embody the coach I want to be in the future, right? Like I really have been thinking about like 250K cat or 500K cat. What type of person is going to help me grow into the person I want to be and to get the results I want, right? Like if I want to bring in 500K, a million dollars in my business in the next three years, what is that going to look like? How do I need to show up as that person today? And one thing I've realized lately is that it's, I have to take care of my body. I have to like put in nutritious foods into my body and I got to work out and move my body. So I'm really excited about that. I think I'm also about to invest in a personal trainer. I got a wonderful gym membership and I've been going on my own and I'm just, I don't know, I'm just like feeling good about the direction for my health and fitness. So that feels amazing. Okay, so let's get into this. I'm so excited about today's episode. I have one of my clients and clients turned friend, and I'm so, so, so excited. Today I have on Charlie Stover, who is a non-binary Latinx money coach who is empowering LGBTQ and BIPOC folks to make money their biatch. I absolutely love Charlie 
Charlie has a wealth of experience in like the money world. They're a former licensed stockbroker and was in the Peace Corps and also getting an MBA while building this money coaching business and not only building it, like killing it in business while being in school, also living in Mexico, currently in Peru, and just really, really showing us what's possible in building a business. Like, I think Charlie's a great example of like who we can be and how we can show up while making money, while serving people, while serving your community. So I'm really excited about today's episode. I hope you enjoy it and also go follow Traveler Charlie, Charlie with a Y on Instagram if you want to follow them going forward. Okay, now let's get into the episode. So I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach born in Mexico, raised in the US. And on Zoom, I help mostly LGBT and BIPOC folks of generally millennial age make money their bitch with my 12-week program. And I was based in Playa del Carmen, but now I'm in Peru because I met a lovely Peruvian out there. And now I'm here with her until August. Yay, finally reunited. Thank God. <laughs> um, okay, so tell us, I'm curious, why did you get into money coaching at all? Like what sparked this? What was the beginning beginning of it? So I grew up like a lot of my clients, a lot of people in general, immigrant household with a scarcity mindset and money just dominated my relationships, it dominates life. I feel like it's a connector that people for better or worse are always thinking about it or asking how to stretch their money. So I was always good about budgeting, but I wasn't raised in the mindset of investing and growing your money. I wasn't familiar with that because I wasn't documented until I was age 14. Um, and I used to travel a lot in the off season when I worked as a tour guide. I did the Peace Corps in Nicaragua. I was always traveling and taking advantage of every experience I had. And people would always DM me and say, how do you afford to travel? What kind of credit card points do you use? Because I'm a very open person about my finances and my journey overall. So I feel like my openness invites people to ask me very deep personal questions without shame. And I just noticed an overall trend in my 20s when I was backpacking. People always ask me, how like, how the heck do I still have money? Especially when I was traveling in Latin America for six months alone, staying in like hostels, hotels, couch surfing. And then I started listening to personal finance podcasts and was like, I can do this. I should get paid to talk to people about money. And I've always loved the conversations. To me, I nerd out about money. I know a lot of people don't, <laughs> but I like talking about it. And you also worked for Schwab. Is that yes. right? Yeah, I worked for a year as a stockbroker with Charles Schwab. So uh, I graduated from college with a degree in French and women's studies. I thought I wanted to be a teacher, but unfortunately, the need for teachers in the U.S. is math and science teachers, neither of which I'm interested in really at all. So I did teach in a charter school in Boston and then taught English with the Peace Corps. But then when I came back, I had always wanted to teach social studies. So that's why I became a tour guide, leading tours on the National Mall. And then I started leading national tours, mostly Australians and Europeans who wanted to get to know places like the Grand Canyon, Las Vegas, New York, doing cross-country road trips. And then in the off-season, after my second season, I was traveling through Latin America. And I feel like every time I leave the U.S., I have so much more time to to reflect and think about who I want to be because I'm not so worried about just paying the rent and surviving. In the U.S., I just feel like I'm in survival mode all the time. But when I left, I was reflecting and listening to those personal finance podcasts. And then I contacted a friend who helped me open my investment accounts at age 26. Um, and I was like, do you think I should get an MBA? And she's like, no, just work for Schwab. They'll pay for you to take your licenses and you can become a financial advisor without getting an MBA. So I remember interviewing with Schwab while I was in Mexico. And they were like, why the heck do you want to move to Indiana to work for us if you're traveling in Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, because I want to help people with their money. I never made at that time, probably never made more than 10K or, or yeah, 30K. And I was like, I'm able to enjoy my life and travel because I've started investing early. And that's how I want to help people. And I'm all about establishing relationships with people. So without a background in finance, I got the job and got my licenses to be a stockbroker and buy and trade stocks for people and, and explain how the stock market worked. 
That is crazy because I think that's I, when people think about investing, like especially folks who are not um, not really educated in the space. That was me probably before I started working for companies that gave me stock because that interested mm-hmm. me in learning about it. But before that, I was like, ooh, investing stock, like it's all mm-hmm. trades. Like that's all, I literally thought it was all the stock market. Um, and I didn't know that there was like all these other ways that you can invest that are a little bit more safer. I didn't know about diversification. I just didn't know about these things. So, um, I feel like at least getting to know you in our coaching relationship, I realized like how approachable you make things and how like simple you make it. And like, you're, you're, <laughs> I was thinking right now about when we started working together and on the call, because one of the questions I'll actually ask you right now. Um, one of the questions I was going to ask you and I will ask you is about investing because when we first started working together, I remember we met, we had our call and you're like, yeah, I'm in done. And I had never <laughs> had a client ever just say yes on the spot. And I was like, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> but when did you start investing yourself? Because I met you through um, Janice from Yo Quiero Dinero podcast. So was that the first time you invested in yourself? I'm curious to know, like, in terms of investing in coaches, courses, programs, these kind of things, like what does that journey look like? Yeah, so it really started end of last year. I moved into Mexico because I'm getting my social impact MBA, but it's remote. It's based in Boston, but I can study from wherever. So it made just sense to come back to Mexico since I'm a citizen, lower cost of living. And like I said, whenever I get the heck out of the US, I have more time to reflect and invest in myself, I feel, whether it's emotionally or financially, whatever. Um, and then I started paying for this real estate property investing course by Paula Pants from the Afford Anything podcast, which she's a woman of color. And she also inspired me to go into finance because she also takes complicated topics and makes them approachable. And at that time, I was like, well, I'm going to move to Mexico and buy an investment property. But that cost that course cost $1,000 because I don't have anybody to fall back on. I was like, I'd rather make a $1,000 investment than a $10,000 mistake. And that course really taught me about how expensive it is. You need capital. You need a lot of cash to buy a property, whether it's like your first home or investment property. Um, and so I'm really glad I took that course in order to take a step back. I'm busy with my side, with my business, um, side hustles and school. Um, so that's when I started investing in myself in that way. And then I took Denise's side hustle or moguls course in which I met you. And then invested in you it just was the snowball effect of knowing and trusting the process and knowing that I was investing in myself because I would throw like hundreds of dollars in buying stocks, like Facebook or Google and everything like that. So I was like, well, why don't I throw that money into myself directly into myself? And I don't regret ever investing in myself in that way. Yeah, I think that's so important for people to just really hear your story on that because a lot of people like I think in the coaching world it's like you know investing yourself is just normal once you've done it a couple times Mm -hmm. but that first time like I still remember the first four hundred dollars I was gonna spend on the course and I like Mm -hmm. thought about it in depth and I was like I don't know I'm not sure and what's crazy is I was making like 80k like at that (laughs) time like what is your problem cat and like it's it's a story like it starts with one and then another and then another and just and it's so much more than just investing in coaching it's like you said it's investing in yourself and in your education and your growth and that's what Mm -hmm. life is about just growing and it doesn't have to be money it doesn't have to be this although you know we we want you to have your money (laughs) together um but I think just investing in your personal growth, whatever that looks like for you at that time is is just so important. Okay. Um, now let's get into it. So I want to talk a little bit about your journey as a coach and how you've evolved, what our time together has been like. I have watched you evolve. You've always had a level of confidence, which I just love. Um, but you're, you've also wore so many hats. So when we started working together, you were in the thick of it, um, in a semester of getting your MBA, you were actually, I'll let you explain. (laughs) So tell us, 
Tell us about your business. Um, when we first started working together, what did your life look like? What were your offers? Um, how, you know, what was just your, your business like in general? I started money coaching uh, when COVID was hitting because I didn't like how entitled white middle class people talked to me over the phone. They were very often transphobic. They were saying things like, you don't sound like a Charlie. What's your real name? Asking for my dead name and everything. But the conversation oh is like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. And yeah, I would have men be like, oh, you're not a man. I want to talk to a man. Broker. Yes. Like oh, sexism my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea you're talking to a non-binary person. But here we go. I would tell my manager and sometimes they would just be like, oh, brush it off. And other times managers would say step in and say something. But yeah, a lot of sexism. That wow. there's, It's mostly a white male this man dominated space for a reason. Yeah. Um, but the conversations with BIPOC folks that had no idea where to get started were my favorite because I, I was also in their shoes and I'm very empathetic and I'd rather help people who come in with uh, an open mindset and are just not assholes in general. I'd rather help those people. That's why I started money coaching on the side um, after I quit my job because of my MBA and got the heck out. So I started, my offers were just asking friends like, who would ask me how much would you think an hour of my time would be worth? Um, would you pay me 30 bucks? Yes. Okay. Pay me 30 bucks and I'll talk to you about the credit cards I use. And then I just kept raising my prices just like you say, energetically $50, $75. And I keep some consistent clients clients come and go as they please. I would just offer one-on-one sessions. I didn't even have like really a website. I would just rely on people to feel confident enough to DM me and ask me, and I was just like, now I'm charging this week, I'm charging 50 bucks. You down, like what time works for you? And a lot of back and forth and scheduling and this and that. Um, but then when I, when I met up with you, I was in the mindset of I live off my stocks and I don't want to just depend on my stocks. I feel like I can expand my business more and bring in that more steady income and feel more confident and gratified that I'm helping people, but also supporting myself. And I established my offer, which of course freaks me and a lot of your clients out, like offer like a four figure offer and have it be your only one. So I know it was uncomfortable for me to take off that one on one $125 a session one and have my offer and my clarity call without a price tag on it and just say, talk to me for free for 30 minutes. And then we'll talk about the pricing, which is what worked for you. When I worked for you, I had no idea how much you were charging. It didn't matter. And I wasn't looking for like a cheap discount. I think that's something that people are, are um, getting the mind out of that mindset of like anything that's cheap is good. It's like, no, we're not like discount coaches. We're premium coaches. We offer quality and people are realizing that. And that gives me confidence to charge the four figures. But at first it was scary to take that offer down. And then that's when the magic started happening of bringing in multiple clients, four figures that led to that seven and a half K month of April. And yeah, and that offer was similar to your model. I loved your model. It was three months and we meet up every week. And I loved having access to you via WhatsApp because a lot of people would DM me and say um, things like, I want to compensate you for your labor, but I do have this question. I feel like people were felt guilty about messaging me questions. So that's why I, I took what you do and gave people access to me via WhatsApp during the week. So if people have random questions pop in their heads at like a 9 p.m. on a Saturday. They can still ask me and I can get back to them whenever. And then I'm do workshops with Anna from Bring Dinero. We just did a Roth IRA workshop that people can purchase on our website now. And we do that monthly. So I'm still collaborating and my clients have access to those recordings for free. And I'm also starting like a group happy hour where we just like talk over Zoom about our money wins and successes and questions because I feel like a lot of people are lonely and community is important to me. And I want to establish that sense of community. So we're starting those happy hours where people can talk in a safe space about their money issues, which, which is really exciting. It's amazing. It's amazing to see, watch you evolve so, so quickly. And I want to like point a couple things out. One, um, you like breezed by it. <laughs> um, you're like, oh yeah, seven to K, seven, seven and a half K month. La, 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 la. <laughs> that is a really big deal. Because I think a lot of folks don't realize that actually creating and generating that kind of money takes so much like mental discipline. 
not only did you have to give up an offer that you had been offering that for what, almost a year at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal. Like that's a comfort, right? Like that is your offer that is accessible to people. You feel like it's like fair (laughs) and there's so many reasons why you want to keep that offer. But when we started working together, I mean, why like you, you knew you wanted to take it up a notch and not only did you, but you did this while you were still getting, you were in school, like in Mm -hmm. the thick of it. Like you still had a lot of life going on um, while you were switching your offer. You were managing all the thoughts in your head because your brain was probably, you tell me, your brain was probably like, wait, if I give up these offers, no one's going to pay this like thousand dollar price. Maybe not no one, <laughs> but like our brains will fuck with us. So like, oh, yes. tell me a little bit about that big month. What were the biggest mental blocks that you had to overcome? What was your brain telling you that like, you, you had to slow down and like fix those thoughts if you were really gonna make this happen for yourself. Our brains are wired to keep us safe and our brains are wired to make us second guess our decisions and choices, whether they're good for us or not, because we at the end of the day still have prehistoric brains that want us to just stay in our comfort zone, stay with our tribe, avoid that saber tooth tiger that's going to come after us, even if we're making the best decision of our lives, whether it's a divorce or starting a relationship or starting our business, our brain's going to always say, no, that's dumb. Why don't you just stay in your happy comfort zone? Because that's keeping you alive. So you have to learn to expect those thoughts and say no to your brain and just actively change your thoughts too, which is something huge and important. Like grad school was killing me. It was making me so unhappy. And it was only the second semester in. And I remember it was our joke when I when I wanted to hire you, I wanted you to help me just stay in school. And you're like, but why do you want to work with me though? And I was like, oh yeah, talk to expand my business, but also motivate me to stay in school. And then we did the mindset work of where we talked about my circumstance and my thoughts and feelings, actions, results. And every time I was feeling frustrated with grad school, I had to just go back to my room and look at how I'd frame my circumstances and my thoughts in a positive way to keep me going. What did, sorry to cut you off. What did that look like for you? Because everyone uses the model differently. Some people actually write it out every single time. Some people um, kind of do it in their head. What did that process look like for you? So like you get these thoughts, right? That are like not serving you. What do you do in those moments? I take it back, bring it back to the circumstance. And that's something I do with my clients. They conflate the two. They conflate the circumstance with the thoughts and the feelings. And I'm like, no, what's your circumstance? Doesn't matter how you feel about it. Tell me objectively a circumstance people can't say yes or no to. And that makes you think, oh, this is actually my circumstance. I'm in debt. Or for me, it was, I'm getting my MBA and I have a business. Before that, it was grad school is cock blocking my business. There's nothing good out of grad school. It's not worth it anymore. I just want to focus on my business. But I'd bring it back to the circumstance. The circumstance was I'm getting my MBA and I have my business. And then from there, starting to unpack the negative thoughts and just removing the thoughts that aren't serving me, like the that grad school is not worth it. Like I'm going to get through it and I'm going to crush it. And regardless of these classes, like accounting, that's the bane of my existence and just keeping that positive attitude, but your brain's still going to always revert. It's an active process of expecting your brain to say, no, actually remember the positive thoughts, like screw that. Now let's be negative again to protect you and keep you safe, which ultimately doesn't, but your brain's just trying to do, yeah, it's just trying to do its work that it's wired to do. And you have to expect those thoughts. You have to expect them and rewire them. That's what successful people do. It's not that we don't have them. Is that we expect them and just rewire them and decision making is a huge part of that. You have to make decisions quickly. Mm-hmm. I've never regretted a quick decision I made that followed my intuition. You have to trust yourself because if you don't, then what else do you have? Absolutely. Did you, and not everybody has like thoughts that they embrace, but did you have any thoughts, like specific thoughts that you were like kept telling yourself or were you just going with like thoughts you positive, and I don't want to say positive, more thoughts that serve you in the moment. Um, Did you have any specific ones or no? 
yeah, I'm crushing it regardless. Or I help people make money their bitch. I'm like, we're going to help you make money your bitch. Because if not, people feel like their money is controlling them. So I was like, well, I'm going to make grad school my bitch. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I also got carpal tunnel end of the semester. And I had to advocate myself and be very open with my professors about my anxiety and mental health. Then had to reach out to accommodations to ask for extensions on assignments and test time. Because I have anxiety, I had to submit a letter from my therapist showing that I have anxiety, which a lot of my professors feel like they're kind of surprised because I have high performing anxiety. I get everything done. I take care of myself. I go to the chiropractor, go running every morning, I shower every day. So you wouldn't think I have a lot of anxiety, but I do. And that was hard for me. But that was part of the actions that I needed to take was to ask for help one-on-one, which is super hard for me because I have an abusive, emotionally abusive childhood. So I'm used to doing everything myself. But I had to retrain my brain into asking for help one-on-one in order to get out of this program and put my pride aside. So there's a lot of self-work that you need to do that you can apply for any area of your life too, whether it's a relationship or your money or school. Absolutely. It was actually really, really inspiring watching you during that phase because, I mean, you were doing a lot in terms of just the shift in your business and going into this 12 week offer instead of this call your in terms of school like you said you really started to a- advocate for yourself um and not even just for yourself honestly like for yourself and your classmates mm-hmm. but it took a lot of self growth and it was like from the like i know it was a lot to handle but you still did it like that was the, I mean watching it from the outside I was like dang that's a lot of hats. <laughs> that's a lot of hats and I was always like you know like yeah you could do it la 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 like super supportive <laughs> a cool uh, cucumber <laughs> yeah totally cool cucumber but I knew but what what's crazy is that a lot of this happened in like March April while while you were creating this like the biggest month probably financial i is this your biggest month of your like your life oh yeah financially ever yeah and you were doing this at the same time and it was just really beautiful to watch um okay i have another question for you what was the most surprising part of this um growth that you had as a coach um, just the immediate results I was seeing, you, you were saying you need to make more offers. And I like a lot of our your clients probably roll their eyes and say, Oh, it feels uncomfortable to be salesy. But it doesn't have to be. So that was something that surprised me. I still don't think of my business as like making sales, because that doesn't sound natural. But yes. that is what I'm doing. Like every time I'm doing a live, I'm more confident about saying, I'm Charlie, I'm a money coach, boom, the first time it's really uncomfortable for us to proclaim our identities uh, and our small businesses as part of that identity. And I shouldn't say small business. I should just say business. We're always doing the work. (laughs) (laughs) So that was something surprising to just really just follow your directions. You said do a live and I did it. Like, I don't like to wait. I just did it. You're like, do a live. And I did one in like two hours alone by myself, which is uncomfortable. It feels like you're just talking to a wall. Uh, But then that's when I would get people DMing me. You have to put out your offers and say who you are and what you do and be firm about that. And there are people that are going to ask you and won't reply or there are people that you'll have that call with and you don't jive and that's fine. You have to expect people to not want to work with you, but that's the beauty of doing this. You can expect to not please everybody you have, your clients you're going to serve and it's going to click at the end of the day because like you mentioned a lot, people are going to take note of that desperate energy. You have to just keep having fun with it. That's why I like to dance and put on TikToks of me dancing and share a lot of memes and stuff about money and make make fun of myself too, because I do talk a lot about money. You have to not take yourself seriously, but be aware of the value you provide and the uniqueness to people. And that's what people are drawn to because money is scary and it takes a lot of confidence and bravery for people to reach out to somebody online and say, hey, can you help me with my finances? And with that comes a lot of family trauma. Um, and struggles and personal issues too that are woven into people's money stories. For sure. Okay, so I actually do want to mention one more thing. You talked about doing lives, creating value, and we talked a, we talked about this in the beginning of our time together. And one, I just want to say like 
Charlie, you are such a quick executor. Like, like you said, I was like, go live by yourself. And like literally five minutes later, yeah. you would be going live by yourself. <laughs> and here's what I, I want to make it clear to my audience is like, it's not like the beautiful thing about Charlie is that you have such a way of showing up as yourself. And I think that is one of the most important pieces of why, I mean, I would think of why people are attracted to working with you because we want to work with people who show up as themselves. And I think that can be hard, right? Because it's such a vulnerable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually at least trying to do that a little more every time you show up, that is what helps people gain trust in you gain trust in you as a coach. Because if you're going to hand someone not only a whole bunch of money, but also hand them like expose a coach to like you were saying earlier, all the money things happening in your life, it's super, super vulnerable. And to do that, you have to be able to trust that person. And we have this gift of social media where we can show up, we can talk to people, we can share value. And you did that over and over and over again. You still do that over and over again. I also told you when we were talking, um, we talked a lot about collaborations and I was like, oh yeah, I think you could totally get a, a lot out of collaborations. You freaking went a hundred. Like you're such a master collaborator and all of these things contributed and are contributing to you and your business and your success because you go out there and you do the work and you do the work like immediately, like mm-hmm. so fast, um, which I I just love seeing because I'm like, wow, it's inspiring to me. Like I need to do that too. But <laughs> for my own stuff, your directions. <laughs> I know, but like I, I, sometimes I'm like, can I follow my direction? <laughs> um, but it was, it was just, is so inspiring to see. And we also talked about your content. I remember in the beginning, um, when we were talking about static posts, I was like, you need to add more value in this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you challenged me. You're like, what do you mean? Like, what's wrong with this one? And we literally went through your Instagram and I was like, what is this? Like, you look hot, but what is this caption? <laughs> so basic. <laughs> yeah. And then one sentence again, though again, you went hard. You like, and I want to hone in for the audience that like, there is no like recipe. I mean, there are many recipes a lot of coaches will give you, but like, here's the thing about business. It's going to be different for every person, like every person. So your job as a coach, as an early entrepreneur is just to explore and try new things and figure out what works, figure out what you actually like doing and then seeing the results and then repeating that over and over again. Um, okay. Let me ask you one more question or I have two more questions if we have time. Um, what was, and you might've touched on this, but what was the most challenging part of this journey? It was to listen to the positive thoughts, and to not be reactive throughout my time as a money coach, something that's surpri- been a surprising challenge is the lack of support from some people and from friends who say, what, you're charging $100 an hour to talk to you? I'm surprised you're not charging me to talk to you right now. And of course, they say that in jest in a joking way, but they're, they're actually like making me self-doubt. They have a lot of self-doubt. Because your brain's already doing that. I don't need my friends telling me, wow, you're charging a lot for an hour. You shouldn't be charging this much. Um, But just not listening to the people in my life who aren't serving me in that way. But then I feel like, ironically, once I pumped up my offer to four figures, that's when people stopped criticizing me, which is very ironic. When I was charging people 50, 100 bucks an hour, I'd get criticism. The haters came out and now nothing. And which is super ironic <laughs> to yeah. me. Like, now that I'm acknowledging my full potential and value, that's when people are respecting it too. So 
Uh, yeah. yeah, that was a huge challenge of just like not listening to people, not listening to myself, not listening to my negative brain, listening to my positive self and stopping my antidepressants and starting taking uh, microdosing on the magic mushrooms helped my brain a lot because when I would smoke weed, I'd feel paranoid. I felt like I was guilty and not myself. But all of a sudden, when I tried microdosing with magic mushrooms, the positive, authentic part of my brain was saying such affirmative things like, you're beautiful, you're a divine person as a trans person. People are just scared. They're transphobic. You do you. You're a boss. You're amazing. Create. Be more creative. And that's when I started painting and approaching my business from different angles and wanting to collaborate and seeing things from different perspectives because that's what the psilocybin and magic mushrooms make you do people think it's just like lsd or uh, some other i don't know cocaine whatever i don't do other drugs but it makes parts of your brain that don't normally talk to each other connect with each other and for me that was super beautiful and affirming especially as a trans person as my for my brain to affirm me in ways that i couldn't access without the psilocybin that is, I am a, a surprise. We're just now talking about mushrooms because it's been <laughs> such a part. Of, it's been such a part of our conversation behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I, I absolutely two things I want to bring up, bring up after that. One is the challenging part is really having like not control, but really managing those negative thoughts and positive thoughts, right? Like managing them and realizing that like, okay, we're having these, like you're calling that out as one of the most challenging things. So I want the audience who's listening, like the negative, like Charlie already said this, the negative thoughts are always going to be there. They're not going to go anywhere. Our job is to really manage them and acknowledge them, right? Like these are negative ass thoughts. I don't <laughs> with it, I don't need to believe it. They're just mm-hmm. sentences. That's all mm-hmm. they are. My brain is coming up with sentences. I don't need to believe it. And then mm-hmm. the second part about people um, not supporting you in the beginning of your journey, or kind of like passively, you know, being rude about you charging price at your prices and how that changed as you elevated and really put together a program, I I actually really, really relate to that too. Because in my journey, in the beginning, it's very like, it's almost like if you don't really value yourself, then like you can't expect other people to, to as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, although they should, <laughs> um, they, mm-hmm. they just should. But yeah. I think when we, there's something that happens when you really decide to step into your power and say, I'm, this is what I charge now. It's going to be four figures. It's going to be this program. When you're charging four figures, it's such a deep trust in yourself. And it is scary. It's absolutely scary deciding like, this is going to be my offer now. But when you have that level of trust in yourself, it it shows like we show up differently. We show up as a person who's worth that much because we, mm-hmm. we are invested just as much in our clients as they are invested in themselves and in the program. So I thank you for bringing that up and mushrooms. Yes, they're great. <laughs> mushrooms was so, so, so good for you. Like oh, yes. <laughs> really, really good for you. I've never shared it on my podcast. <laughs> I have done mushrooms too. I haven't done it in a long time, but I've only done it twice and I really did enjoy it. But you know, now I got a kid. So yeah, I got to be, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I live in LA and I don't know anybody. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Denver. It's in Oregon. I think they leave them there. <laughs> ah, that's so funny. Okay. 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 One more, um, one more question and I kind of actually, we, we talked about our thoughts a lot. Um, but let me know what comes up for you when I ask you this question. What thoughts and beliefs shifted as you stepped into your like coach identity? And when I say coach identity, you're like elevated, expensive coach identity. Um, what beliefs had to go or what beliefs were holding you back with thoughts? Anything else you want to share on that front? A block was that I felt like people couldn't afford me because they seemed so apprehensive. People literally say, I can't afford $30 an hour. Sorry. And so I was like, well, if people can't afford $30 an hour, how the heck are they going to afford $1,500 in one scoop? 
But yeah. I just had to believe, like you said, like people's um, wallets are none of your business. People want to do something. Exhibit A, student loans, they're going to find a way to pay for it. And I yeah. think the, the fear of student loan debt also hinders people because people do borrow tens of thousands of dollars for bachelor's degrees, thinking that you'll get an immediate return on your investment and you don't. So people are really afraid of spending money and rightfully so too, especially BIPOC folks, especially immigrant folks who don't have generational wealth to fall back on. Yeah. This is something I was talking about with uh, Deb from my B budget. That's another thing. Like, I feel like white middle class people have more confidence to start all these side hustles and buy properties and stuff because they know they're going to inherit their grandparents' money. They know they have cash reserves on the side, whether they admit it or not. And that's something I realized working in finance. There's so many casual millionaires in this country with so much wealth they're just sitting on in case things like the stock market crash and they'll swoop in and buy stocks on sale. While mostly BIPOC folks are scrambling and borrowing money just to put food on the table. There's such a gross inequity of wealth in this country that people don't want to admit to, especially when these people making less than 400K are scared about Biden's new tax plan and they don't even need to worry about it because it doesn't affect them. Uh, but I digress. So that was a mind block of believing that people, if they find the value, they're going to find a way to pay for it. And that's how I come up with payment plans. Instead of paying me in one swoop, you can pay me in multiple plans. Of course, I'll charge a little bit more extra for that convenience, but I'll work something out with clients too. But another block was, was knowing that, uh, yeah, sometimes I am working with clients who are multiple uh, tens of thousands of dollars in debt. And some of them are my friends. And part of me is like, yo, you need to help them out. Like do this, give them a steep discount. And then another part of me is like, no, you need to model for your community and showing that you do, you are worth your full price tag. You're not coming at a discount because if you start giving other people discounts, they're going to start giving other people discounts. You have to model that this is your price and stay firm to it and believe in yourself. And then honestly, when people do shell out, like with you, I, I shelled out the 3K. That's why I was executing so quickly with you because I was like, well, I paid cat 3K. I sold my Tesla stock. I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. So that's why I was executing so quickly. If I had paid you for the hour, I don't think I would have made such drastic changes. And that's something I'm seeing with my clients. It's beautiful to see them taking this seriously and taking advantage of me over WhatsApp and boom, 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 getting the results because they do have that three month time frame that they also paid four figures for. So when you pay more for something, you value it more just like a gym membership. You're not as likely to go to the gym as much if you just pay 10 bucks every time you go. If you put in 200 bucks a month, you're more likely to use it for the value that you put down. So that was another thing I had to negotiate with myself, staying true to myself, knowing I'm helping people with my full price tag and not coming off as a discount because that's not what we are. We're providing value for people and I am going to help people's money grow over time. And I'm not going to come off as, oh, I'm going to triple your money in four months. That's not what it's about. That's a scam. If people say they're going to triple your money or give you a hard number, that's a scam. And that's not what I'm about. I'm going to help people change their behavior for the rest of their lives. Ah, that was so so good. You said so, so much. I just want to point out a couple things that you said. I want to highlight for my audience. I've said this many times and I know we've talked about this many times, but when you are selling your offer, you really, really do have to stay out of their pockets. You are not, I think what an aha moment for me in the beginning of, of my journey, as I started charging, you know, four figures or what I felt was like expensive or very high, I had to, I had to realize that like, I actually don't get to make decisions for people about whether they can afford to invest in me. Um, just because I'm insecure about my prices. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm really happy you brought that up because it is difficult in the beginning. If you've never charged, you know, four figures or whatever that number is for you listening. Um, it's, it is uncomfortable, but it's important that we don't make decisions for other people because we have to trust that they see the value. And if this, if this type of coaching is valuable to them, 
they'll make it happen. If they can't make it happen in the moment, they'll either figure it out or they'll, you know, I have many people who want to work with me and they're like, I'll work with you later. Awesome. I'll be here. But our job as a coach um, is to make sure that we're offering the opportunity to someone. And then something else that I love, 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 love that you said, Charlie, you said, I want to be the model of actually putting your worth, like actually pricing um, your program based on what you believe it's worth. Like, I think that's so important in not only like folks of color, but any marginalized community. Like it's so important that we have models, people who are actually charging what we think is probably outrageous in the beginning, right? Like I remember literally believing that no one would ever pay thousands of dollars to work with me. I had that thought so ingrained in me and having a model, seeing it done is so important. Even just being on the phone with someone, they're like, it's going to be this many thousands of dollars was sure it's surprising, but it's also like, damn, if they could do it, I could do it. So I absolutely love that you shared that. And I wanted to highlight that. And then the third piece is I am such a firm believer too in you. Um, when you pay more, you see the value and you show up and do the work. That's not the case for everyone. I'm, I've learned that, but for me personally, and I've seen it in lots of, lots of my clients that when, when you pay, you pay attention, you do the work. And that's a big piece of this too. And I actually wanted to say one more thing, Charlie, that you said that I just loved the way you phrased it. You said, I really had to negotiate with myself in terms of your thoughts. And I really, really like how you phrase that because that is what it feels like when we have these thoughts that are not serving us, right? Like we have this four figure offer and let's say you're getting on your first sales calls and you're sharing that four figure offer thoughts are typically the negative thoughts are going to be something like, and you can have your own, but for me, um, it's typically you're not worth this much. No one will ever pay this much. This is ridiculous. La la la. Our brains will go down this road. And when we have those thoughts, it's so important to acknowledge them and like what you said, Charlie, negotiate with yourself. Like, no, 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 no. We're not, those thoughts aren't coming with us. We're going to show up this way and I'm going to choose these thoughts instead. So anyways, I really, really, really loved everything you freaking shared today. You are such a badass. There's honestly, I could go on and on because I have, I have still have more questions for you. Um, but this is getting a little long, so I don't want to take too much time. <laughs> too much of your time. Um, anything, any last thoughts you want to share um, with the audience? No, I just really appreciate the work that you're doing. You modeled this for me. Literally, I told you, you're like the older sister I never had. That's very affirming and supportive and such a great model for myself. And when I was coming up with those thoughts of no one's going to pay me for figures, I just thought, well, Kat's charging that and I shelled out that money so quickly. So if I'm going to do this, then other people will find value in myself too. And I love that I was able to pretty much replicate your model. And if something was working that I was doing with you, I was just replicating that for my clients because I was getting value out of your process. So I was like, well, I'm getting value out of this. My clients will too. So I really loved how how we've worked together. I mean, we're not even done yet. We're still working together. (laughs) (laughs) Not goodbye yet. You're not going to get rid of me. (laughs) No, but thank you. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. You are such a leader and I am just really excited to see where your business goes because, um, you're so needed. Uh, you're so, so freaking needed in, um, not only our community as people of color, but like just marginalized communities in general as a trans person, like you're, it's just, we need, there's, and I want to, this is for the audience. Like, I want to be clear. There is not, there's so much room still. I remember thinking before I really, really started 
you know, taking my coaching business seriously, I remember thinking, well, this person's doing it. This person's doing it. So, you know, there must not be enough room for me. Let me tell you something. There is, there's so much room, especially, especially for, um, for us, for people of color, uh, for marginalized communities. Like, we, we need all the folks doing all the things. There's not enough business coaches. There's not enough money coaches. There's not enough. Amen. Nothing. I always think about like, imagine if like all I think about like my friends and my family and imagine if all of them had coaches, like it'd be crazy. Like that would be a, such an amazing thing. Cause I just believe in coaching that hard, but like, yeah. it's crazy. So anyways. I appreciate you, Charlie. Where can we find you and learn more about you? Where should my audience um, Google you? <laughs> so I love Instagram. I'm on Instagram as Traveler Charlie. I'm always putting up stories, doing lives, and I'm at TravelerCharlie.com. That's my blog where I'll post different articles about issues like the Wells Fargo ghost account scandal, things like that. I approach money coaching from lots of different media and angles too and i'm on tiktok as well too but i mostly focus on instagram i love instagram so that's where y'all can find me yay same i feel the same way thank you so much charlie i appreciate you and i cannot wait to see you on this journey even more thank you i'm excited to finish grad school too so i can really get going (laughs) thank you I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'm so grateful to Charlie to share so much wisdom and so much of their experience in building their business. This is just the beginning um, for Charlie. And I'm just like, I'm just so honored that I got to work with them. And yeah, and I can't wait to witness what's in the future. All right. If you want to follow Charlie on their journey to not only build their business, but if you want to help get your money together and you need someone to help you get there and really get on top of your dollar bills, I want you to hit up Charlie. Go follow Charlie on Instagram at Traveler Charlie, or you could check the show notes below and you could follow them there. All right, y'all. I hope you have a wonderful day. And if you're looking for a one-on-one coach to really help you get to the next level, to focus on the basics, on the fundamentals of selling and marketing your business so that you can build it one step at a time, I want to help you. I offer a one-on-one program that Charlie's a part of. And if you're interested in it, let's talk. You can DM me on Instagram, or you can go to my website, katdelcarmen.com and apply for one-on-one coaching. All right, y'all have a wonderful day. I send you big love and I'll see you next time. Bye.